Check, check, everybody, check, check. Mic check, everybody, check, check. Back at it, back at it. Let's share some thoughts. Let's generate some thoughts and throw them right into this microphone. Let's make this one thrilling. Huh? Let's make this one exciting. I think we owe it to ourselves at this point. Yeah? In the midst of the holidays? Let's keep it rolling. You know, some people are really seeking the highest level of excitement in life. There are people that skydive for fun. They go up in a plane. They jump out of the plane. They bungee jump for fun. They attach themselves to a bungee cord and they jump off a bridge or a platform for fun. There's people that cliff dive in Acapulco for fun. And there's people that drag race for fun. They're thrill seekers. They're chasing that adrenaline rush. Adrenaline junkies. But I got something for you. I got something far superior to all of that nonsense. Have you ever done this? Let me know if you've ever done this. If you're a real thrill seeker, have you ever watched an entire episode of White Lotus next to your mother-in-law? Huh? On the couch? You didn't know I was such a thrill seeker. Sex scene after sex scene. Cringeworthy. Lewd conversation after cringeworthy. Lewd conversation. Hot, steamy, controversial sex scene after another hot, steamy, controversial sex scene. And my wife and I are blushing and our pulse is racing and we're thinking, is there any way out? Can we turn back? There was actual sex happening on the TV. And my wife kept saying, is this too much? Is this too much? Mother-in-law in town? And what do we do with her? Take her out to see the tourist sites? No. It's time for White Lotus on HBO. This season in Sicily is nuts. It's a little too much. Maybe I'm getting softer. I could do R. I could do NC-17. But I can't do that in front of my mother-in-law. My wife kept saying, is this, is this too much, Mom? Too much? Yes. The answer is yes. I didn't want to interject. But the answer was, yeah, too much. Anybody listening right now have some thrilling Moments like that, if you're seeking that big adrenaline rush, I highly recommend White Lotus with your mother-in-law. I remember my mom was in San Diego. I took her to see Superbad, and they were just drawing penises, the whole opening credits, and I'm like, bad idea, bad idea, bad idea, bad idea. My wife said she saw Borat with her parents. Bad idea, bad idea, bad idea. You got to really know what movie or show you're about to see when you're with parents or in-laws. We made a mistake, okay? We made a mistake. My wife's mom closed her eyes We had a lady visit us who had to close her eyes because our TV viewing habits are that explicit. Is this okay with you? Are you fine with this? And she finally said, I just don't know why they have to be so gratuitous and graphic. I don't know why they have to show all of this. And I was like, I think I need to abort this whole conversation. I just went to bed. I don't even know if I brushed my teeth. Or got into my pajamas. I was probably wearing jeans and just walked right into my sheets. Good night. I'll see you in a couple of days. I need to come down from this. I need to come down from this. I got sick the whole Thanksgiving break. It's been a minute since I've jumped onto this mic for a little here we go action. Episode 201, I've been chasing you. Episode 201, I've been chasing you. But I got sick over Thanksgiving break. Came back to school and immediately lost my voice with the students pumping lozenges. Pumping lozenges drinking tea all throughout the day, saying things like, I'm so sorry, 
to these teenagers who are like, just get a sub already. I'm so sorry. I just need to tell you about the stock market crash of 1929. Putting all that pressure on myself like this is the big moment. This is the payoff. They must know about how Ethiopia fought off Italy in the age of imperialism. I am not exaggerating. That's why I sounded for three days in the classroom. Couldn't record a podcast then. Finally took a day off. More lozenges, more lozenges, more tea, more tea. Earl Grey, my best friend. And I'm back, baby. How you doing? You watching soccer? You watching football? You watching all this unfold in Qatar? Are you mispronouncing it just like everybody? It's Qatar. It's Qatar. I know this because I used to interview a soccer expert. Mark Ziegler, down in San Diego, great sports writer. He told me eight years ago, it's Qatar, because everyone's calling it Qatar. And even right now, I think I'm going to keep calling it Qatar. The World Cup is happening, and Qatar used slave labor, like real genuine slave labor, to build all these beautiful stadiums, and we're just supposed to enjoy the games? Uh, That's exactly what's happening. HBO Real Sports has done two deep investigative pieces just on how awful the conditions are for these laborers coming from surrounding countries just to find work in Qatar, Qatar. And it shows them going back to these shanty towns without any plumbing or electricity. Just a hole in the ground to go to the back. These are the people building all the stadiums throughout the last eight years. And HBO reveals all of this. And nothing happens. Isn't that life? Sometimes we gain the knowledge of what's happening in the world and still nothing happens. It just goes on. The higher-ups of FIFA, they knew that people are still going to watch the games. People will be entertained. And the games have been good. been some incredible upsets. Ultimately, sports wins out. Think about all the shady scandals in sports history. Yet, you rarely hear a sports fan go, I'm done with it. You never hear a real sports fan say, I'm done with it. Some of the ugliest controversies on or off the field, on or off the court. And people are like, yeah, but... It's an exciting finish. They went to overtime. Went to a shootout. I mean, homosexuality is illegal in Qatar. They told players you can't wear that LGBTQ plus armband. No beer sales. There were all these controversies, you know, all these clickbait articles, big articles. Then once the game started, everybody just said, who gives a shit, right? That's kind of what it seemed like. Folks were acting like, this is going to be the death knell for the World Cup. FIFA's going to be in deep trouble. Nope, not really. They're going to keep doing shady stuff. And people like sheep are just going to keep watching and cheering and watching and cheering. Except me, I'm taking a stand, folks. After all that high and mighty me, I'm done. Actually, I'm not even a real soccer fan. I'm a fake soccer fan. Every four years, I kind of tune in a little bit here and there. I go, who's supposed to win this year? Brazil? Are they good? Spain? How's that? Japan's team? Okay. And then I lose interest real quick. There it is. That's your World Cup Minute on the Here We Go podcast. And that's your World Cup Minute. Do you have a busy mind right now? Is it just me? Or do we all have a busy mind? Is that just our wiring? That's the homo sapien wiring right now on this planet. We all have busy minds. And most people will try to give you some advice to center yourself, tools to ground yourself. If your mind's busy, do this, do this, do this. And what rises to the top of the list? Meditation, right? Well, we rely on our Buddhist monks to be at the top tier of all meditators. They got to set the tone. I need my Buddhist monks to be so elite when it comes to this idea. Focus on your breath and clear your mind and understand the impermanence of everything and let it pass and accept 
and stay centered. And focus on your breath and don't be too reactive. Compartmentalize your thoughts. Don't condemn yourself. And then I saw an article that a bunch of Buddhist monks are on meth in Thailand. Actually, all the Buddhist monks at a temple in Thailand were on meth for a long time. That's a tough story in the meditation world. Did that one go under the radar for you? Folks, some of our monks are on meth and you're just going to sit there? We had slave labor in Qatar and you're just going to sit there? I like to point the finger like I'm doing so much about it. You're just going to sit there? Next to your mother-in-law watching a sex scene? While there's Buddhist monks on meth? All the monks in the temple are in rehab right now. The big temple in Thailand. The center, that's the hub of the town. And they're all in rehab right now. They all admitted, oh yeah, we're long-time addicts. Which, I don't know. You know, some things in this world I want to say are pure. When I talk about meditation and the Buddhist monks, it's always like I hold it to such a high standard. That's the gold standard of relaxation, the tools to fix your busy mind. And now they're all in rehab. So how do you deal with it? This is a controversial story, right? How do you think these Buddhist monks are dealing with it? I know what you're going to say. With meditation? No, with probably methadone. With withdrawal drugs. Yeah, you could do the focus on your next breath. Or yeah, give me those meds. All right, let me, let me just get those meds. They can become monks again after they detox. That's how the article ended. I read this in the San Francisco Chronicle. By the way, that's also thrill-seeking. You adrenaline junkies, you ever go to a news website? Oh my Lord, my pulse just goes out of control. A shooting and a stabbing and a mountain lion's here. A coyote and a kidnapping. I mean, what is happening? They get the clicks, they get the clicks, they get the clicks. They make the world feel scary. They make the world feel dark. I don't care what site you're going to. SFGate.com, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, Fox, Reuters, AP. Holy shit, buckle up. Go to a news website for five minutes and then check your pulse afterwards. I don't think we can handle this. I'm tapping it, and I'm talking about a Buddhist temple story where I was like, no, no, no. These are the fellas who set the tone. These are the fellas who send the message that you can get through anything through the art of meditation, acceptance, impermanence, non-reactivity, and methamphetamines. What was the last thing you said? Methamphetamines and methadone, withdrawal drugs, or in rehab, a detox center, and the temple's closed. All right, it's a little addendum to that Buddhist manual I've picked up. I could not be worse at meditating. That's what a lot of people my age say. You recommend it to people my age, they go, yeah, but I'm terrible at it. Yes, we are. We are. Our minds don't allow us to focus on more than three breaths before we just start thinking about our next meal and thinking about someone that annoys the shit out of us. It's just, this is it. This is what's going to happen. This existence with this consciousness, it's just, that's the game we're playing. This is life, folks. Welcome in. This is life. One of the great parts of life is becoming a Coles member because I get an email, maybe it's during the holidays, but I get an email every 20 minutes that's telling me last chance alert. They got a sale. They got a coupon. They got something to tell me. And you're wondering, why don't you just unsubscribe? Because it's fucking hilarious. I want to know who is in the advertising meeting at Kohl's. The last seven emails, literally, have told me, 
Last chance. Time is ticking. Sweatpants falling off the racks. They need to be rescued. Delete. 20 minutes later. Bing! Coals in my inbox. Clearance rack is officially on fire. Come soon. Help us out. DoorDash specials. This coupon stack this on top of cash. Stack this upon a golden ticket. All items 200% off. Like what? Are they even using math anymore? All items 200% off. And you know what? Here's the worst part. We're all just sheep going in the same direction. It works. It works. My mom goes to Kohl's nine times a week. Texting us. Do the girls need raincoats? I got a 314% coupon. And they're having the old DoorDash building on fire sale. They said it's the last chance. They sent three alerts in a row. I can't make jokes. It works on me too. I'll be driving home. See the big K-O-H-L. Have you ever seen a bigger font, a bigger logo? That used to be Mervin's, by the way. All those Coles, you know, we're exclusive members. Those used to be Mervin's. Then they had a meeting and said, this is not a big enough font, and that's not a good enough word or name, Mervin's. You ever meet a guy named Mervin? You don't want to get too close. Hi, I'm Mervin. No, hey, keep a distance, Mervin. But Coles, something about that. You remember the early commercials for Coles? Just a pretty girl saying, Coles. Calls, calls. It was so good. So good. And it works. Everything they do works. I'm so susceptible to this advertising. And I was just talking about that. The 1920s advertising, the roaring 20s advertising. Cigarettes are great. Here's what your doctor smokes. Hey, you're ugly. Here's a cream you need. Just telling Americans, here's what you need. You don't know you need it, but now you need it. I don't need anything at Kohl's ever. I'd like to declare that right now. But I'm at Kohl's, I don't know, three to six times a week. Running into my mom. Are you here for the last chance DoorDash alert? How much cold cash you got? Just people scalping. Tickets to that clearance aisle. Sweatpants literally falling off racks. Other customers muscling up. They don't respect any sort. You're not supposed to respect social distancing. Or even normal societal standards. You're allowed to nudge someone around the sweatpants rack. It's all sweatpants. That's all it is. And it's glorious. Oh my God. What do you think I'm wearing right now? Uh Uh-huh. You guessed it. You guessed it. I got a cup of tea right now. The rain is falling. Oh, this is, you know what? This is a nice setting. My one-year-old walks now, and it's such a small thing happening. Watching a one-year-old, what are they, two feet off the ground, walking so unstable, looking so drunk. No confidence. Very unsure of every step. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all we do is applaud. All we do is applaud. She's going, she's going. Counting step. That's 24. Get the camera. We've got to film this. Like, it's great for us, but why do we have to film it? I don't know. Are we ever going to watch these videos? Sure, maybe. But she's walking. And the world is so big to toddlers. I saw her two hours ago walk down the hallway. There was one sock in the middle of the She tripped right over it. Completely fell over a sock. You know how big the world must feel to her? That sock was an obstacle. An insurmountable obstacle, a hurdle in her life, that sock. She fell. She did not in any way catch the fall. All limbs sprawled in all directions because a sock was in the hallway. And there's that phase of life where the world seems so big. And then as we grow up a little bit, take a few science classes. They tell us this rock we're floating on and rotating on called Earth. It's really small. It's really small and expansive, endless, vast universe undiscovered universe and we're really just a speck of a pebble and you go oh oh there is a progression in life 
where we trip over a sock because the world is that big to us. The world is that big, like Rob Schneider playing Tiny Elvis. That salt shaker is huge. You see that salt shaker? It is huge. And then we grow up, and it almost becomes too small. Not to say anything depressing, but doesn't it? How small can you feel a dot? And then you feel all this purpose, too. So our wiring leads us in both directions simultaneously, and I have a new belief system. It's so small and it's so short. Just our blip that we get to be here, it's so small. We're so small, and the duration that we're here is so short. We don't even understand most shit. So I have a belief system. This isn't it. This is not it. When we die, that's not it. That's my belief. Someone else could debate me and say, yeah, that's it. That's it. You're just pushing daisies into the dirt you go. But I don't think so. I think this energy morphs into something else. I'm declaring it. I don't have anything else to say. I don't have anything specific. I don't know what it looks like. I think this is the only time Josh Rosenberg in this form is going to float through any universe. But I think the recognizable energy that creates these atoms. Oh, what am I even saying anymore? You could tell I just listened to Neil deGrasse Tyson. You could tell. You could tell that I was listening to a smart guy in a podcast when I started to go, I've got a new belief system. All right, stay with me. It's like my energy, right? Scientifically, it's got to transfer elsewhere. I don't know shit, but I do know that's too short. It's too special. It's too amazing to say it's just going to be shoved into what? What's the average human lifespan? 73 years. If I could get there, that'd be great. Go further. I want to live 100. Actually, I want to go 120. I want it. I told you before, I want them to just wheel me out courtside to Warriors games. I'll have all my savings plowed right into season tickets for the Golden State Warriors. Wheel me out to my seat. I want a standing ovation just because I'm old. Isn't that true? We applaud old people in the world. We go, aw. We look around and go, man, that's great. That's great to see. Not realizing that the current state of that person's not great, but you made it. You made it. Some people fear that. Some people fear old age. I don't. There's enough modern medicine where you could numb me head to toe. Give me the buffet of meds. Meditation. Meditation's not going to be in my life. But the Buddhist monks in Thailand just proved they need a little more than breathe in, breathe out, right? It was so disheartening, this article. Oh, boy. They'll be back, though. They got to go through a little detox. They'll be back. They'll be back guiding us. Have you ever seen a toddler fall, though? Like over the littlest thing, like over a twig or a little uneven pavement? And you go, whoa, that's not a lot to fall over. This whole world. Like, what does a dog look like to my daughter? Holy shit. A dinosaur? What does a horse look like to my daughter? That's where I should have said dinosaur. I think I jumped the gun with dinosaur. What does a giraffe? Should I just keep going down this path? What does a swimming pool look like to my daughter? A lake? Oh, it's getting hacky. He's breaking out his hacky material. All right, tell me if this is you. I'm just going to read some characteristics. Tell me if this is you. Take a little at-home survey. If you're driving right now, if you're walking around, wherever you're listening, just say, mm, yeah, that's me. No, nah, that's not me. All right, do you? I got 10 things real quick. I'm going to rip these off. Do you identify with people's feelings? Like if you're around someone that's sad, do you almost get sad if you're around someone that's happy? Is it contagious energy? Do you kind of feel happy if you're around someone who's like scared and worried and concerned? Do you almost take on those feelings? Do you, do you, do you? Say yes or no. Just say it out loud. Are you sensitive? Do your feelings get hurt pretty easily? Even if it passes pretty quickly, do you feel 
pretty hurt sometimes to things that clearly are not that big. Not a big deal, but you're like, damn, that shit consumed me. That was a little thing, but it consumed me. Are you sensitive? Number three, do you feel other people's physical pain? Like if you see someone in the hospital, crutches, wheelchair, you see someone that's just sick coming out of surgery, do you feel that? Does it do anything to you? Does your brain mirror some of those feelings? Do you identify with that? Is it impossible to detach yourself? If you see someone suffering, like images of someone suffering, is it impossible to detach yourself? Answer it. Are you good at detecting lies? Huh? Answer that one. That's number four. Can you spot a liar? Does your intuition let you know when someone's being deceitful? Uh, number five, are you kind of an introvert? Like you need your alone time, you need that individual time to recharge. A little overwhelmed by crowds. I mean, you could still go out. You could still party a little bit. You could still be in crowds, but afterwards, does it drain you? Does it exhaust you? Or even before you arrive at a crowded thing, are you like... Need a personal pep talk. Number six, do you struggle with some intimate relationships? Do you? Answer it. Do you struggle revealing your true self? Find yourself avoiding true intimacy? You got your guard up a little bit? Huh? All right. Keep answering these. Number seven, are energy vampires attracted to you? People that just steamroll a conversation, do they find you? Do you find yourself being on the receiving end of someone just talking incessantly? On and on, on and on. Can a narcissist find you and prey on you? Does that happen a lot? Maybe. There's just something about your energy that's attracting those people. They're not identifying any boundaries. There's no limits to what they want to tell you and the amount of time of your day they're going to take up. Uh, Moving on. I forget what number I'm on, but let's keep going. How about this? You can't contain your love. Do you have a heightened sense of loving feelings sometimes? Do you even show it too much? Your love of nature, your love of pets, your love of your kids. Are you caught up with it, consumed with it, love of your partner? The whole world, are you just feeling that? Like these emotions are too strong when it's good, it's almost too good? Like you had a good night, everything aligned. Like right now, drinking tea. Recording this weird podcast with the rain falling. I'm almost feeling that like, oh, endorphin release, feeling that love. And finally, do you offer a lot of help to those that you believe are in need? Or do you even shape your whole professional life over helping, providing assistance to others in some way or another? Life could almost feel meaningless if you're not helpful or doing something of substance for other people. Mm, That you? All right, that was, according to Berkeley Wellbeing, uh, the definition of an empath. If you said yes to a bunch of those, you're an empath. And it actually is not an easy way to go through life. You feel too much at all times. You are reactive. And I Googled that because, yeah, I identify with most of it. Not all of it, but good Lord. Those traits are undeniable for some of you listening. And if you didn't, I'm not here to diagnose you. I don't know. But that's just fine. I bet a lot of empaths envy people that don't identify with a bunch of that stuff. It almost makes interactions too heavy in the sense that I'm so elated. This was so worthwhile. And then I need to come down from that or I'm so worried because I'm surrounded with 
worried people or scared people or people suffering. And then in a world of suffering, there's not a lot of reprieve. There's not a lot of respite from any of that. Point is, alone time is so special. And a lot of media is too much. What the hell am I doing? I mean, I'm barely on social media anymore, but I'm checking news sites way too often. I think I'm fairly addicted. You know what else I might be addicted to is texting. You know, here I'm grabbing my phone, but I'm not going to TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or any of that. I'm just looking at that green little icon at the bottom where the little red circle that says if you have a text message, I'm always expecting a text. And now we know other people's texting habits. We almost know of the people close to us in our lives, how long it's going to take. All right, I just texted this guy. We're about two minutes away from his response. I just texted this relative. I'll hear back from them in about four to five days. I just texted this person. Within 15 seconds, I'll see the bubbles. The bubbles are coming. The bubbles are coming. The bubbles are coming. Oh, all they did is click like. All they did is click ha ha. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take a click ha ha. That's recognition. That's acknowledgement. And if they don't, oh, if they leave you hanging, uh-oh, are you an empath if you can't handle a text that goes unreturned forever? I don't even know. Are you an empath if there are certain words you don't know? Like fandango? Is that a word? Don't Google it. Is it a word? Fandango? Like when you hear that word in the first part of the song by Procol Harum. You're like, who's that band? We've all heard the song, but you're like, who's that band? Procol Harum? A whiter shade of pale? When they say Fandango, are you like me? And you look around and you go, what the fuck is this song about? It's like such emotional music. It's so beautiful, but the lyrics are like, nope, nothing's resonating. Why am I thinking about that song? Because I actually watched the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions recently, and they did the In Memoriam, where they show you everybody in the music world that's passed away that's always heavy on the emotions. And you go, whoa, I didn't know he died. Oh, yeah, Coolio died. Olivia Newton-John, I forgot about that. And you just go, oh, I forgot about that. Whoa, she died? Oh, that's everyone watching In Memoriam at an award show. <gasps> oh my God, I didn't know, I didn't know. And they play the song that's just gonna tug at your heartstrings. As the military is That her face is first just ghostly Turn the wider I always thought it was Turn the Water, Shed a Pale. But the name of the song is A Whiter Shade of Pale. Sounds like he's saying, Turn the Water, Shed a Pale. I was like, well, I don't even know. Is that Afrikaan? What language is this? How's it? And why did I watch the Hall of Fame inductions? Because Eminem is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And they show this big retrospective on his whole career and his whole life. And then he comes out and raps about 20 seconds of some of his hits, and it's still really good. I remember the first time I heard him on KMEL. In the morning, I thought it was a song parody. I thought it was a joke. I didn't know, oh, this dude's a legend. He'll be a Hall of Famer in 22 years. And then he gave a speech where he thanked every hip-hop artist that he's ever admired. And I was like, yeah, that's worthwhile. So it's not just rock and rollers in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They did LL Cool J last year. It was so good. 
and they get inducted with these heartwarming speeches and then perform. I probably should have watched some of the other inductees, but Eminem, if you have HBO, check it out. If you also have HBO and your mother-in-law's in town, maybe check out an episode of White Lotus. Nothing compares. Forget skydiving. Forget bungee jumping. Go for a wacky sex scene next to your mother-in-law. Thank you, HBO, for making me feel like I'm under pressure when I watch your programming. And the only person that's going to understand that type of pressure, it's Freddie. Freddie, let him know. On the topic of more lyrics I can't understand, but I like the way they sound on my ears. Freddie, just let him know already. Give me that vanilla ice bass line. Oh, this should be your alarm clock. Every day would be good. Get lost on YouTube and just watch Freddie own Weebly Stadium. Just watch him with that half mic, kind of still in the stand, but it's portable. Honestly, if there's one artist you could go down a deep YouTube rabbit hole with, it's Freddie. Watch him rip. Can anybody find me somebody to love? Montreal 1981 when he's in the Superman shirt at the piano with the Heinekens? With the Heinekens on top of the piano? Never seen anything that good. By the way, speaking of losing my voice, how do these rock stars do that? City to city, belting that much vocal. I mean, that's a physical gift. I once read like Adele can't perform on her tour. I'm like, of course not. How? What are they doing? Who are these bionic people? That could perform from the diaphragm through those vocal cords. All right, what am I talking about? Let's get out of here. Let's stop. I wish you peace. Why do I have to do this? I don't know. I feel like I need to put a bow on it. I can't just do an Irish goodbye. Is it okay to say Irish goodbye still? That means you just leave a party without saying bye to anybody. It's a great concept, but you can't do that on a podcast. I have to say I wish you peace in your heart, peace in your soul. I appreciate you for tuning in. Actually, yeah, let me speak honestly. Let me tap into some sincere feelings. Where are we? Early December, December 8th. My sister's birthday. Happy birthday to my sister. This is the time of year where you just want to detach, have some fun. You can smell the latkes and oneg. Oneg? Meant to say eggnog. God, how Jewish did that get? You can smell the eggnog and oneg and stars of David. You can smell your latkes and your suvgan. All right, episode 201 is in the books. Leave a nice review. I'll talk to you soon.